can't tell if the chemistry is good by looking at it. It wasn't clear yesterday. For the last time, the saltwater pool is a chlorine pool. This is the Talking Pools podcast with pool pros from every region in the country. If it happens in a pool, you'll hear about it here. Everything from tips and hacks to the latest tricks and trends, breaking news. We lay it on the line. We tell it like it is because we think you deserve to know. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Tuesdays with Tim and Kelly, brought to you by the Talking Pools Podcast Network. Kelly and I are so honored to be a part of the Talking Pools family of shows. The Talking Pools Podcast family are here to help you, the pool professional, be successful and profitable in your business. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about pool openings. And thank God I no longer live in that area and don't have to put covers on pools anymore. But for all of you who are out there in that kind of world, doing pool openings. Um, here you go. This show's for you. So, uh, yeah, if you're in that area of the world, we've got a great episode. Kelly, what are your thoughts on pool openings? Um, my thoughts are going to be a lot different than other people. Cause I'm in the West coast where it's warmer. Uh, all I can say I know is that where it snows, you guys close the pools for the season and then start them back up. Um, other than that, I don't know a lot. You know, what happens is we get through a summer season. Everything's great. It's hot and warm. We take care of the pools, do weekly service. August comes around. Kids go back to school. Customers close the blinds, close the door, forget they own a pool. And then October comes around and they're like, oh, crap. I might need to do something about that thing in the backyard that I have. So that's what always happens. Okay. Uh, that kind of reminds me of some customers out here. They think it's cheaper to let their pool go and turn green than it is to keep it going. Yeah. Every time they'd call and say, can I get my pool closed? We're like, yeah, we show up and exactly the pool's green. It hasn't been touched with any chemicals for several months. And uh, yeah, they just want to cover on it and they don't want to look at it till next spring. So that's what, exactly what happens. Now this show this show is about questions that customers ask. They would always call in into our store, talk to our staff, and ask why weren't certain things done. These are the top eight questions that customers ask that we got on the phone. And you may want to define these. So what we did, we put these in a frequently asked questions segment in our pool agreements. Do you use agreements in your line of work? Agreements, contracts? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I use service agreements for my weekly customers. Um I have agreements for when I drain a pool. That way they know what's going on. There's no questions that isn't covered. They can't say they don't know or I didn't tell them. Um, personally, I think agreements are crucial in our line of work. Have you ever had anything come up? you got a perfect agreement, perfect contract, and then something happens in a job and you're thinking, I've got a chance. I've got to put that in there. I've got a chance. I've got to update my agreement, update my contract. Have you ever done that? Uh, oh, yeah. Since day one, I had an agreement from day one because with my parents having service, they're like, yeah, you need to have an agreement. So you have all the bases covered. And when I first started, I included all chemicals. I didn't give like limitations or anything. 
So over that first year, I'm like, okay, I'm going through a lot of chemicals. Luckily, they're cheaper back then. Um, but pools like with leaks, for example, use more chemicals because they just, you know, there's going out the pool. And uh, that was when I started putting limitations to chemicals. Like there's a cap. It's not unlimited. Uh, chemicals that shouldn't leave your water were not included at all. Um, you know, those are big ones. Uh, oh, if I show up to someone's house and I can't get in their backyard because A, the vicious dog is back there, or B, they locked it, I put that in there as well. I'm not going to knock on everybody's door and be like, oh, I'm here. But, you know, I don't have time for that. You know, time is money. I'm what my friend Janet, she says that we are not a nonprofit, we're here for money. <laughs> So we're going to discuss some things as a homeowner would call into our store, like I said before, and these didn't all happen at once. Just like you said, things happen, pop up, you're going to update your agreement or update your contract. And we would constantly be making updates. So I'm hoping that you'll find some of these helpful, the listener, and be able to add this into your agreements. If you're not using agreements, I think you should to spell these things out and define these things for customers. So Kelly, why didn't you... Uh, play the part of the customer and uh, let's go through these questions. Okay. Should we make it where am I calling on the phone and be like, Hey, <laughs> no, just playing. Okay. Maybe, so maybe our, our best looking producer in the business will add a, <laughs> a ringer. Ring, 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 ring. Hi. Why, why does the water in my pool look worse after it was opened? What do you think, Kelly? Because you haven't done anything with it. Customers would expect the 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 best looking pool in the world. It sat for five or six months and they want to swim in it. So we would get that call time and time again. Because you're there. You're you know, we a lot of these pools have mesh covers. You know, I I, I don't know why anybody would do that, but it's just a just a standard mesh cover. It, it's been 80, it's been 50, it's been 20, it's had snow on it, it's been hot again. And that pool is just disgusting. So yeah, why does it look worse after it was open? Because they, they had a nice cover on it, you know, it didn't have anything on it, but we take the cover off and then all of a sudden they open it up and that pool's green as can be. So that's exactly why. And we'd always kind of play this as it's going to take at least three to five days on a lot of these pools to try and get cleaned up. Now there's some ways that you can speed that process up. But for the most part, we're there to do an opening and they can pay for additional services to help try and clean it up a little bit better. If we're vacuuming to waste, maybe we can even see the bottom, but everything's on the bottom. So that'd be a perfect opportunity to be able to vacuum to waste if you had planned that out or planned your day out. So it might be something as an upsell at a later time. Okay. So this is now reminding me when I was a kid, we had an above ground pool and my parents would winterize it. They would get these big blow up, I don't know what they were called, but you put it in the water and then you put the cover on it and keep the cover up so the, the water wouldn't, when it would rain, it wouldn't like puddle and then we'd open it up. And yeah, sometimes it was clear, sometimes it was green, but that's what this kind of reminds me of. So I had to, yeah, I had to say that. Yeah. You never know what you're going to walk up on. <laughs> you have no idea what's going to be when you open that cover, what it's going to look like. I guess uh, it matters who closes it, huh? If it was 
the it customer does. thinking, oh, I'll save a couple bucks or if it's actual professional doing it. Right. Okay. All right. Tim, why was my pool not vacuumed? So that's a great question, Kelly. I'm really glad you asked it. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a time where your staff, whoever's answering the phone, whoever's scheduling your pool openings to possibly schedule a, a pool vacuum. But again, you never know what you're going to get into when you open that cover and you might not be able to see anything. So you're blind vacuuming at best and it's still not going to look very good. So you got a 50-50 shot of whether or not you can actually get that pool looking good if everything's settled on the bottom and it's clear. Or like you said, on your above ground pool years ago, it could be green, it could be clear. So there's an opportunity there to do an upsell for a vacuum, but there's also going to be an opportunity to disappoint the customer because you're going to open that pool, it's going to be nasty, and there's no way you can vacuum it. So you're going to have to leave and come back at a later time. That's why they're going to ask, why was my pool not vacuumed? So when... When they call and ask about the service, do you explain this stuff to them? Or is this why you, you put it in an agreement so that they can't be like, well, you didn't we tell it, me? We put it into the agreement. And each of these things had a little a little line there where they could initial that it was read because we want to know that they actually did read the agreement and not just sign it and then say, I didn't know about it. And then our staff sees that agreement. They're filling that out when they took the, took the phone call. So it's always good that you're training both the customer and your staff on how to answer these questions and uh, how to cover these situations. Okay. Hey, Tim, what if my pool cover is full of water, leaves, and debris? Another chance for an upsell. And I hated water bag covers. This is a situation where you've got a tarp pool cover, water bags around it. The thing's got three feet of water on top of it. And probably, I don't know, 25, 35 trash bags of leaves in it. It was the worst thing at all. It was terrible. So, yes, that's going to be a situation where you definitely want to be charging more money for that pool opening. Uh, If you know they have a tarp cover, guaranteed it's going to be a disaster and it's going to take three hours instead of 45 minutes. Do I need to be present for my pool opening? I love this. You and I have talked about this before, right? (laughs) Tell me about your situation again. You had a customer. I think we were talking on the phone. You had a oh customer that, that just kind of st- stood around you, right? Oh, my <laughs> God. Yes. That guy. That guy. I'm sorry. But when I'm working, you know, sometimes I'm fine with somebody staying by, giving me distance, maybe talking about everything but what I'm doing. No, no biggie. This guy had to be like right over me as I'm working, asking questions. And he's the type of guy that would twist your words and tell a builder something else. I had to tell him, sir, can you please go back inside? I'm trying to work here and do it efficiently but you are making it take longer and I'm going to have to charge you. And he's like, Oh, you don't have to, you don't have to explain anything. I just want to watch, make sure you're doing it right. That's exactly. So I told him again, that's exactly where (laughs) told him again. Oh yeah. And the, the best one was when I asked him to do it again was, 
Kelly, are you certified by Hayward to put this equipment in? <laughs> no. Your pool builder found me on the corner and was like, hey, you want to make a couple extra bucks? That's exactly where customers would be. And we would have them call in and say, I took all day off and your guys aren't here yet. I stayed home from work and I have kids that, you know, I got to pick them up from school. I, and I wanted to be here for the pool opening. Here's another one. Here's another one. I missed out on $900 worth of work to be yeah. here when you got here. Right. Exactly. And so we would always try and tell these customers, you do not have to be there for the pool opening. Cause like you, they would be outside, they would stand around, ask you questions. And just it would take an hour longer than it should have because they're bothering everyone that's involved. <laughs> you gotta love people. Okay. <laughs> ring, ring, ring. What if I have salt a salt pool? So it's a great question. It, it wasn't something that we put customers down for, for sure. But uh, uh, salt pools, you know, it's a great upsell because it'd be a good opportunity to check the salt cell, maybe clean the salt cell. Uh, and then another opportunity to balance pool water before you leave, you know, if you're checking pH and, and alkalinity. So, you know, that could be an $85 charge right there uh, if you're going to do a salt cell clean at the time of the pool opening. So good opportunity there. Tim, when do I add chlorine to my pool? Another good question. So that's going to be a daily thing because like I, <laughs> you said, you never know what you're going to come up onto. So it's better to be testing and, and adding chlorine on a daily basis until that thing clears up. So another opportunity to maybe sell some chlorine and leave some cases there for the customer because they're going to need it. I guess if you think about it, when you open these covers up and they are like a swamp, this is a opp great opportunity to make extra money. Yeah. How do you juggle? But let's say that is something where the customer wants you to clean it. How do you juggle all these pool openings with that other additional work? That is so hard because a lot of guys are maybe limited to two people. We had three or four. So we had a couple trucks doing openings during the day and we'd always have to schedule those things. So it's so hard because if you're in that area of the world where you're opening pools, you are in a mad rush depending on where the weather sits. Cause in Indiana, it could go from 30 degrees and snowing to 80 degrees the next day. And the customers are on the phone and they're wondering, why haven't you been here? It's been 25 degrees and snowing for four days and now it's 85 and they're wondering why you're not at their pool. So it is hard to juggle that because you're in a mad rush through April. Maybe the weather is terrible. I mean, we've had months in Indiana where it's gone. It's been cold all April. It's been rainy all May. And then all of a sudden the week before Memorial Day, it opens up and you're able to get actually work done. That's a mess. So you're in a mad rush through May because Memorial Day is that time where everyone everyone's having a party. You, my pool's got to be done. It's got to be clear. It's got to be swim ready before Memorial Day. And if it's not, oh, they are on the phone. Okay. Next question. Why is my heater dripping and feel as if it's not heating the water? Most of our pool openings would happen when the temps were 30. It could be 30. It could be 40, 50. You know, it's not going to get hot for a while. and people want to heat the pool right away. Definitely not a good idea. And another, really, this is a great upsell. If you're selling bypass systems to install, I highly recommend them wherever you're at because most of the time customers, especially in, the, in this day and age right now, 
people aren't probably using their heater as often as they want to, but if it's shut off, if it's not being used, no reason for all that water to be flowing through it, especially if you're adding a ton of chlorine, maybe a ton of acid, maybe phosphate removers, you know, to, you know, uh, who knows what are the chemicals you're going to add to try and clear these pools up. There's no reason for all that stuff to go through the heater. So another good opportunity to talk about bypass systems. So that's another revenue generator there that you're going to have to fit into your schedule. How can I speed up the process of preparing my pool to be swim ready after the pool is open? So we coined this phrase swim ready and we had to because customers were calling in with all these questions, especially number one, why does the water in my pool look worse after it was open? Everyone would expect you're opening my pool and it's on. It's going to be great. Swim ready. We're going to be able to swim in it, right? So we kind of coined this phrase and maybe other people use it too, but how can they speed up the process? And really, they need to be checking everything. If they're if you're not doing weekly service on that pool, then the homeowner needs to be responsible for checking the skimmer baskets because there's going to be a lot of leaves. If it's you know still in the yard and they haven't cleaned it up and the wind's blowing, it's going to blow those leaves in there. So checking skimmer and pump baskets, testing water, adding chlorine on a regular basis because you can add chlorine day one to a swamp. And then they're going to walk away and go to work and they got kids and they got things going on. And then three days later, they're wondering why it's not clear and they haven't touched it. So that one day did nothing. You know, those two gallons or four gallons would would do nothing to that pool. And three days later, they've taken two steps back and it's much worse than it was when they opened it. So they need to be on top of it. So these are eight kind of the top eight questions that customers would call in and we would define these in an agreement. And we would have them initial that they read it. So it's important to define these things that are happening in your business. So you don't have to continue taking those calls and answering the questions over and over and over again. Define these things in your agreements to save you time and your staff time when they're taking these calls from customers. So what about in our areas, Kelly, your neck of the woods, you're not closing or opening pools. I'm not closing or opening pools in Texas. What are you do? What's happening in your area if you have a freeze? Um, well, I've been lucky that I grew up in a family doing pools for so long. Like when uh, Texas had their freeze, what was it? Last year. Was it last year? Yep. February. February last year. My sister was fortunate because my dad had some experience with it. We had a really bad freeze in the early 90s. And so everything you guys experienced we had experience here except for even tile broke because they were there's there's a certain tile that you use on pools so that with the change of temperature it still stays together back then they would use any tile which could also be what you use in your house so when it froze it cracked because there was still a lot of moisture in it so what we've learned is when there is going to be a freeze turn your equipment on uh you know, it doesn't have to necessarily be at a high speed. It could be, well, if it's a single speed, you have no choice. Um, if it's a variable speed, you can run it on a lower speed, maybe something like 1750. Um, and you you want to do it throughout the, the evening or the night. I guess you could say start around five, have it run until 10 in the morning. Now, if it's going to be an extended amount of time that you're expecting to have a hard freeze, obviously you're going to run it more. Um, the other option is turn everything off, take every plug out of 
every single thing. So take the plugs out of the pump, take the plugs out of the filter, out of the heater, out of, you know, the acid feeder or what, if there's a plug, take it out, let the water drain out. That way, when it does freeze, it's not going to expand and crack everything. Um, Where I live, we do have hard freezes sometimes. Um, So what's one thing I really like about some of these variable speed pumps is they do have a freeze protection. And um, if I can set the temperature that once it hits that temperature, it'll turn on automatically. So in our neck of the woods in Texas, I, I use, I use skimmer. So in the section of services provided, I put a freeze warning on there and then I'll put notes or I'll add the the notes into that email that they get about the freeze warning. And then I try to prepare, you know, a month in advance or so and try to talk to customers and try to meet up with them as I'm doing pool service in the area and try to talk to them about certain things. Like uh, for example, I had uh, a new pool install, new gunite pool, and they put a in-floor system in and the in-floor system was probably 15 feet. The head was probably 15 feet away from the system and it was maybe a foot off the ground. So I'm like, Hey, talk about certain ways that they could cover these things and help prevent any type of freeze damage when those, when the temps drop. Cause we had four, four or five times that we were in the twenties, 25, 28, uh, overnights. And we had a lot of times where we've been in the thirties. So systems have always been on, but this guy had him wrap it by a styrofoam cooler. He put a weight on top of it and that kind of helped protect that head from any type of freeze damage if we had any. So things like that, that you can cover with your customers, put a little warning on your, your app, whatever app that you use in your business. And that kind of notifies them, keeps them up to date the dates are on there when we're going to have freeze issues and then your phone number's on there so they can call with any questions. But I always try to touch base with those customers and give them some tips on how to cover their system if we're going to have a hard freeze. Yeah, I'll send out text messages. Like I'll, I'll obviously I'll use the the app and I'll, I'll put in the email they get. So like, uh, you know, I use Skimmer for my my app and I'll do it with each visit that week or whichever days are supposed to be affected. Um, but then I'll also send a text message because they don't always look at their email. I wish there was an app that would send a mass text message. Come on, one of you guys, please do it. Yes, um, that would be, that would be because, great. Because yeah. Oh, it'd be, it'd be way better. Well, other than um, using a separate service for that, for a mass text, you could do that as well. So, but it would yeah, be nice I, if it was and built me into being the app. Small, Yes, because think of you know companies with three, four hundred accounts. You know, sending text messages is a little bit takes a little bit more time. For me, you know, I don't have to worry too much. I was just going to say, National Pool Opening Day is the last Saturday of April. So I hope that y'all have listened to the show and have gained some knowledge and some wisdom on how to handle pool openings and how to handle customer questions. And if you have, let us know. Now, I do want to mention some things that, at least in California, I think is good for winterizing is solar. You know, don't want those pipes to be cracked or the mesh or anything. So make sure to drain them, drain all the water out of them. Um, Make sure that you've turned 
the valves to turn them off. You don't want water going up there and, and leaking out of the spigots. Um, also, salt cells are good too. You can, a lot of the manufacturers actually have um, mock socks, uh, salt cells that you can put in place so then you don't damage it with the changing, you know, temperature and LSI and stuff like that. Also, um, at least where I'm at, we have heat pumps. And not all heat pumps will work below certain degrees. Like, for example, I know the heat pump with Hayward that I use a lot, it can go down to 45 degrees, but anything below that, it, it won't work. So we put bypasses in, as you had mentioned earlier, that you would be good for heaters. We do those for heat pumps. So then water's not going through it during the wintertime. Um, same thing with heaters. You know, if you're not going to use your heater, why run water through it to risk any damage to it? These are all great opportunities for upsells and additional revenue. Yes. So great ideas for anyone out there. And customers really do appreciate that information because sometimes they don't know, you know, they could buy a house first one with a pool and it has all the bells and whistles and they'll think, Oh, I don't have to do anything. And then we have a freeze and everything breaks. And then they have to spend thousands of dollars to fix it. So a great money making tip. You're in the backyard, you're being paid to perform a service. You're opening their pool. I encourage you have an app on your phone. I also encourage you to take pictures of everything. Anything that you see that might need to be repaired, that might have a leak, that might need a valve replacement, that maybe they need a new heater, maybe you're working on a, a vinyl liner pool, they need a liner replacement, take pictures of everything. And when you're done with all your pool openings, go over those and send those estimates out with pictures because I've done that so many times and I've had customers come back six, seven years later with that same piece of paper that I gave them, that I emailed to them with pictures on it and say, okay, I'm ready to get my liner replaced. You just never know when those small repairs, just additional revenue. It's great for your business. The larger repairs, maybe they got to save up for it, but you're in their backyard, take pictures. So you have it all on file. So maybe they call you with a, a pump motor, but now you know which one they've got, or they need a new filter. Now you have a picture of their system. You go right back to that. You don't have to waste time making multiple trips to go check it out again, take pictures of everything. Well, and it, it also saves you a trip because you already know what they have by exactly. referring to your file. Um, I know I do that on all my brand new weekly service. Even if it's broken or not, I take a picture of it. So then if I need something in the future, I refer to the picture, save a trip going out there, get it done fast. So thank you guys for listening to Tuesdays with Kelly and Tim. Please hit the plus button and subscribe to our show. Share it with everyone you know, and most of all, give us an honest five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Also, we do have a survey that's out there. Please give us your input. The more input, the better we can be. And, you know, we want to make our show for you guys. I hope you have that benefited. That survey is going to be in the show notes, right? Yes. Yes, the survey will be in the show notes. It will, it's already been in the show uh, group. If you can't find it, let us know. We'll give it to you. Um, but yeah, I hope you have benefited in some way listening to our show. And if you have helped, if it has helped you in your business, or if you have any questions you would like to answer on our show, please let us know. 
You can email us at talkingpools at gmail.com with the subject line, Tim and Kelly. We will get those announced and answered in future episodes. We can, you can also find the Talking Pool podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, and on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Thanks again for listening and see you on the next show. I just wanted to take a minute to say thank you for listening today. I'm hoping you enjoyed the episode as much as we enjoyed putting it together for you. Listen, it's been a couple of wacky, crazy, screwed up years from pandemic to Poolmageddon. I just want you to know that we are all in this together. If there's anything that we can do for you, send me an email at talkingpools at gmail.com. Again, that's talkingpools at gmail.com. We're here. This is your podcast. We are the Pool People's Podcast of the Pool People for the Pool People by the Pool People's Podcast. This one is about you. So thank you for tuning in and listening. Do me a favor. Click subscribe before you go. That way you don't miss an episode. 